Welcome to Episode 8 in the AIC Seasonal Video Series, Trinity Tide, the Teaching Season. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. The focus of Episode 8 is the Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for the 20th, 21st, 22nd, and 23rd Sundays after Trinity. Previously in this series, in Episode 1, presented in two parts, my focus was on the history of Trinity season, the relationship between Whitsunday Pentecost and Trinity Sunday in season, the Collects, Canticles, Epistle, and Gospel readings for Whitsuntide and Monday and Tuesday in Whitsun Week. In Episode 2, the focus was on Trinity Sunday and the first and second Sunday after Trinity. In Episode 3, it shifted to the third through fifth Sundays. In Episode 4, on the sixth through eighth Sundays, in Episode 5 on the 9th through 11th Sundays after Trinity. In Episodes 2 through 5, I mentioned a selection of the 11 Hymns to the Holy Trinity in the AIC Bookstore publication, St. Chrysostom Hymnal, that are not included in the Venerable 1940 Hymnal. In Episode 6, the focus was on the 12th through 15th Sundays after Trinity. In the final episode, I will discuss the 24th Sunday after Trinity, the Sundays potentially transferred from Epiphany season in years with more than 24 Sundays after Trinity, and Sunday next before Advent. The illustration is a circa 1420 A.D. tempera and gilt on panel icon by the renowned Russian icon painter Andrei Rubelyov, originally painted for the iconostasis at Holy Trinity Cathedral at the Monastery of St. Sergei of Sergei Posad, Russia. As I pointed out in, an earlier, in earlier episodes, Rubelyov used the three figures who appeared to Abraham under the Oak of Mamre, recorded in Genesis 18.1-8, to avoid violating the traditional ban upon any image of God the Father, a tradition still honored in the Eastern Church, but which ended in the Western Church in the Renaissance era. The Collect for 20th Sunday after Trinity is an evolved collect, collect originally adapted by Archbishop Cranmer for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from the Gelasian Sacramentary. It was modified in the 1662 Book of Common Prayer and modified again with a new ending, the phrase, Which Thou Commandest, inserted in the American 1789 Book of Common Prayer. In the collect, cheerfully means willingly or without reservation. O Almighty and most merciful God, of thy bountiful goodness keep us, we beseech thee, from all things that may hurt us, that we, being ready, both in body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish those things which thou commandest through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The illustration is a circa seven, excuse me, circa 950 A.D. illumination of St. Matthew in colored inks and gilt from a gospel book made during the Ottonian dynasty era of the Holy Roman Empire in Western Europe. The original is in the collection of the New York Public Library. With the epistle reading for 20th Sunday after Trinity, Ephesians 5, 17 to 22, 
the prayer book continues to advance in the canonical order cycle of readings from St. Paul based on the Gelasian Sacramentary, which was interrupted on the 19th Sunday after Trinity. In this short pericope, St. Paul writes about the joys of the Christian faith, urging the faithful to drink of the Holy Spirit instead of becoming sated with wine and joyfully singing, quote, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, unquote, in the church, and finally on the virtue of giving thanks always for all things unto God. The Gospel reading for 20th Sunday after Trinity, Matthew 22, 1-14, is St. Matthew's account of the parable of the wedding feast. St. Luke's account is the parable of the Great Supper in Luke 14, 15-24, which has different details and which is the Gospel reading for second Sunday after Trinity. The location is the Temple at Jerusalem. Jesus is with the disciples and a group of temple scribes and Pharisees on Tuesday in Holy Week, 30 A.D., just two days before his arrest on the evening of Monday, Thursday. The illustration is an illumination of St. Matthew in colored inks and gilt, one of four on the cover of the Book of Kells, a circa 800 A.D. gospel book made in either Britain or Ireland and now in the collection of Trinity College, Dublin, Ireland. Each of the evangelists is depicted as one of the four traditional figures based on Ezekiel's vision of the four living creatures in Ezekiel 1, 4-12. Matthew as a man, Mark as a lion, Luke as an ox, and John as an eagle. The context of this pericope is the parable of the vineyard dresser. Jesus' quotation concerning the stone the builders rejected becoming the cornerstone and his threat that the, quote, kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it, unquote, in Matthew 21, verses 33 to 46. The kingdom of heaven is here compared to a kingdom in which guests are invited to a wedding feast to include a sumptuous feast of oxen and fatted cattle. The potential guests, quote, made light of it, making excuses not to attend and even mistreating and killing the king's servants. The king reacted by sending out his armies to destroy cities and punish murderers. He sent new instructions, widely distributed, and many guests, quote, both bad and good in verse 10, arrived for the wedding. The king noticed one guest who had no wedding garment. Wedding garments were traditionally provided, and to the man who was not wearing one, as the king said in verses 45 and 46, and he said to him in 45 and 46, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot and take him away. Cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few chosen. The illustration is again a circa 950 A.D. illumination of St. Matthew in colored ink and gilts from a gospel book made during the Ottonian dynasty era of the Holy Roman Empire in Western Europe. 
with the original in the collection of the New York Public Library. The collect for 21st Sunday after Trinity is the last collect in Trinity season, which was adapted from the Gelasian Sacramentary by Archbishop Cranmer for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer. Two significant changes were made with the objective of avoiding association with the practices of the medieval era church. Pardon was substituted for the word indulgence in the preamble and quiet for secure in the final sentence. After nearly 500 years, Anglicans would not want to go back to the original Latin and thus give up the familiar elegance of the phrase pardon and peace. The pardon and peace collect is often used in local parishes as a prayer in morning prayer in place of the absolution when no clergy are available. Grant we beseech thee, merciful Lord, to thy faithful people pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins and serve thee with a quiet mind, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The illustration is a circa 950 A.D. illumination of St. John in colored inks and gilt from a gospel book made during the Ottonian dynasty era of the Holy Roman Empire in Western Europe. The original is in the collection at the New York Public Library. The epistle reading for 21st Sunday after Trinity moves ahead one chapter in the canonical list of St. of Pauline epistles to Ephesians 6 verses 10 to 20. It is a lesson in the need for preparedness for spiritual warfare against quote the wiles of the devil in verse 11 against principalities and powers and quote spiritual hosts of wicked wickedness in the heavenly places in verse 12. In Old Testament style, reminiscent of the manner of dress of a temple priest, St. Paul recommends putting on the whole armor of God in verses 11 and 13, enumerating the breastplate of righteousness in verse 14, the gospel of peace in verse 15, the shield of faith in verse 16, the helmet of salvation in verse 17, prayer and supplication in the spirit in verse 18, and he refers to the mystery of the gospel in verse 19, concluding with this in verse 19b and 20, and here I use the NKJV text, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. The illustration is an opaque watercolor over graphite on gray wove paper by James Tissot, painted between 1886 and 1894, part of his Life of Christ series now in the collection of the Brooklyn Museum. The Gospel reading for 21st Sunday after Trinity, John 4, verses 46 to 54, is St. John's unique account of the healing of the nobleman's son, which is the second sign in St. John's Gospel. The location is the town of Cana in Galilee, its second mention in the Gospel of John, 
and which was the hometown of Nathaniel of Galilee, traditionally assumed to be the same person as Bartholomew in the Synoptic Gospels. The audience is a private one, with only Jesus, the disciples, and a nobleman present. The event is placed in 27 AD, the first year of Jesus' public ministry. Jesus rebukes the man, a Galilean, for wanting, quote, signs and wonders, unquote, as a condition for belief in verse 48. The despairing man cries out for help before his son dies in verse 49a. The healing took an unusual form. No words were spoken. The son was in Capernaum, yet Jesus, still in Cana, said in verse 50, Go your way, your son lives. The man on the way home learned from his servants that his beloved son had recovered, quote, at the seventh hour, unquote, in verse 52b, which is the exact time of Jesus having spoken. St. John reports that thereafter the man, quote, believed and his whole household, in verse 53. The collect for 22nd Sunday after Trinity was adapted by Archbishop Cranmer in the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from the text of later Gregorian sacramentaries. It is very close to the text of the collect for 5th Sunday after Epiphany. The similarity is easily explained. 5th Sunday after Epiphany is one of the resources which can be transferred to Trinity season in years with more than 24 Sundays after Trinity. There will be more on that issue in episode 9. It is the third collect, along with that for the 5th and 16th Sundays after Trinity, which offers prayer for the church in Trinity season. Lord, we beseech thee to keep thy household, the church, in continual godliness, that through thy protection it may be free from all adversities and devoutly given to serve thee in good works to the glory of thy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The illustration is an illumination of a standing St. Peter with scroll in brightly colored inks and gilt on parchment from the Siegberg Lectionary, made at the 11th century Benedictine Abbey of St. Michael in Siegburg, Germany in the second quarter of the 12th century and now in the Harley Manuscripts Collection of the British Library, London, England. Jesus' dialogue with St. Peter on forgiveness is the subject of the Gospel reading for 22nd Sunday after Trinity. The Epistle reading for 22nd Sunday after Trinity advances in the canonical list of Pauline epistles to his next letter, the Epistle to the Church at Philippi in Asia Minor, chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. In the Old Roman Missals, the reading began with verse 5. Verses 3 and 4 were restored in the 1662 Book of Common Prayer. The reading is St. Paul's thanksgiving for the Christian fellowship in the gospel. Fellowship comes from the Greek word koinonia, which has the same meaning as the phrase, thy household, the church, and the collect. In the pericope, St. Paul refers twice to a day of Christ, which means the expected second coming 
or in Greek, the parousia, or expectation of it. Other apostles, including St. Peter, called it the day of the Lord. He assures the Philippians they can await the day of Christ with knowledge and discernment in verse 9, and without offense be filled with, quote, the fruits of righteousness, unquote, which come from Christ in verse 11. The illustration is a larger-than-life statue of St. Paul with book and sword by Paolo Romano, commissioned by Pope Clement in 1535 A.D. on the Ponte St. Angelo Bridge, also called the Bridge of Hadrian in Rome, Italy. The broken sword is part of the original design. The Gospel reading for 22nd Sunday after Trinity is Matthew 18:21-35. Jesus and the disciples were in Capernaum on the western side of the Sea of Galilee in the summer of 29 A.D. when St. Peter came privately to Jesus. What followed was a dialogue on forgiveness. The illustration is a Byzantine-style illumination in colored ink and parchment from the Siegberg Lectionary, a private devotional prepared at the Benedictine Abbey of St. Michael in Siegberg, Germany in the last quarter of the 12th century from the vast Harley Manuscripts collection of the British Library, London, England. Prayer book historian Massey Shepherd notes that in the 1662 Book of Common Prayer, verses 21 and 22 were added to the pericope, which had the effect of making the kingdom reading more clearly associated with the concept of forgiveness about which Jesus had spoken in the second petition of the Lord's Prayer. In Hebrew and early Christian numerology, the number seven is important and is evident here in the opening exchange. Peter says in verse 21, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. And Jesus' reply in verse 22, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. In the parable of the 10,000 talents, which follows the opening dialogue, uh, Jesus tells of a king whose servant owed him 10,000 talents, an impossible sum, and more than the man could have made in a lifetime. When the man could not pay, he and his family, including his children, were sold to settle the debt. The debtor's plea for patience in repayment in verse 26 was met with forgiveness by the king in verse 27. Yet the servant whose debt had been forgiven forced his own servant into prison until the latter's debts were paid in verses 28 and 29. When the news of this hypocrisy reached the king by way of other servants, the king reacted. Here is verse 32 and 33 NKJV text. You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? The king sent his unforgiving servant, quote, to the torturers until he should pay all that was owed. That's verse 34. 
St. Peter's question in verse 21 was answered again in the final verses of the parable and the pericope. In verse 35, Jesus says, So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. The illustration is teaching the disciples the Lord's Prayer. An opaque watercolor on graphite over graphite on gray wove paper by James Tissot, part of his series on the life of Christ, painted between 1886 and 1894 in the collection of the Brooklyn Museum. The collect for 23rd Sunday after Trinity, the last in this episode was adapted by Archbishop Cranmer for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from a late version of the Gregorian Sacramentary. The opening words were inspired by Psalm 46, verse 1a. Note the distinction regarding prayers that are asked, quote, faithfully, that is, that are consistent with God's will, a concept also found in 1 John 5, verse 14 that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. O God, our refuge and strength, who art the author of all godliness, be ready, we beseech thee, to hear the devout prayers of thy church, and grant that those things which we ask faithfully we may obtain effectually through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The illustration is the Pharisees and the Herodians conspire against Jesus, another watercolor by James Tissot, painted in the late 19th century in his Life of Christ series, now in the collection of the Brooklyn Museum. We'll note later that the scene is part of the Gospel reading for this Sunday. The epistle reading for 23rd Sunday after Trinity, Philippians 3:17-21, is St. Paul's warning to the Philippians of the, quote, enemies of the cross of Christ in verse 18, an allusion to converts to the church who had returned to pagan ways. He comforts them with an assurance that their citizenship is not of the world but of heaven in verse 20 and urges them to patiently wait the transformation of their earthly bodies, quote, to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself, in verse 21. The illustration is a detail of a mosaic of St. Paul on the stone monument to him at Berea, Greece, also spelled with a V, and also spelled V-E-R-I-A, the site of a visit there described by St. Luke in Acts 17, verses 10 to 14. The Gospel reading for 23rd Sunday after Trinity, Matthew 15, uh, 22, verses 15 to 22, variously called the tribute money or render unto Caesar. Jesus and his disciples are in Jerusalem on Tuesday of Holy Week in 30 A.D., two days before his arrest on Monday, Thursday, the same timing as Matthew 22, 1-14, the parable of the wedding feast, read on the 20th Sunday after Trinity. 
they have encountered some Herodians allied with the Pharisees and who had been sent to entrap Jesus into saying something they could use against him. The illustration, based on Matthew 15, verse 22, verses 15 and 16, is the central detail from James Tissot's watercolor painted in the late 19th century, part of the Life of Christ series in the Brooklyn Museum. This encounter marks the first accusation of hypocrisy against the Pharisees, which would take full form in chapter 23 of St. Matthew's Gospel. The Herodians begin with ill-conceived flattery that masks their contempt. In verses 16b and 17, they grant him the title teacher or rabbi in Hebrew or master in the King James or prayer book text. Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth, nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? That's verse 16b and 17. One of St. Matthew's themes is Jesus' many demonstrations of his divinity, in this case by his reading of their minds and hearts. He said to them in verse 18, in a preview of the even sharper criticism in chapter 23, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Then he demands in verse 19, Show me the tax money. And having been given a denarius or a penny in the King James or prayer book text, asked them in verse 20, whose image and inscription is this? They reply, Caesar's, to which Jesus answers and instructs forthrightly in verse 21b, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. St. Matthew offers this summary in verse 22, the final verse of the pericope. When they had heard those words, these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. The opening and closing theme music for this seasonal video series, Trinity Tide, the Teaching Season, is Reginald Heber's hymn, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, written in 1827 A.D., and as noted in all previous episodes, ably played for us on his church organ by Richard M.S. Irwin. His recording is available for download and use in local services from his new dedicated web address, https colon slash slash play dot hymns without words dot com. I thank Richard for granting permission for its use. The Anglican Internet Church offers many other resources for words and phrases in the Collect, Epistle, and Gospel readings and my discussion of them in this episode. All are available 24-7 on our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. In the AIC Bookstore publication, Layman's Lexicon, there are several important words. In light of St. Paul's advice in his several epistles and many of the collects, discernment, which the prayer book calls judgment, on page 58, fear of the Lord on pages 76 to 77, fellowship on pages 77 to 78, 
forgiveness on pages 84 to 85, godly on pages 93 to 94, mystery on pages 150 to 151, righteous or righteousness on pages 187 to 188, Satan on pages 198 to 202, and spirituality on pages 213 to 214. In Christian Spirituality and Anglican Perspective, you'll find a section on apostolic wisdom on spiritual warfare from two pairs of saints, St. Peter and St. Paul, and St. James and St. Jude in Part 4. In light of the Jesus-St. Peter dialogue of forgiveness in which the number 7 and 70 are used, in Revelation, an idealist interpretation, you'll find the primer on numerology, on pages 7 to 11. Like all our books, Layman's Lexicon, Christian Spirituality, and Revelation are accessible using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net, but they can also be ordered by title from commercial bookstores. On the podcast homilies page are links to my homilies for 20th, 21st, 22nd, and 23rd Sundays after Trinity. There is a much more detailed discussion of symbolism in the parable of the wedding feast than the parable of the 10,000 talents in the homilies for 21st and 22nd Sundays. On the Bible study page in the Bible study series New Testament Gospels from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the concept of mystery revealed and why Jesus spoke in parables is found in episode 4. From the Gospel of St. John, the meaning of Samian, or Greek, the Greek word meaning sign, in, epistles, in episode 36, and the healing of the nobleman's son in episode 37. On the digital library page, under the category of seasonal videos, I explore uh, a key theological word used in this episode. In the 12 days of Christmas, second day, December 26, which is the feast day of St. Stephen the Proto-Martyr, when the key word is forgiveness. Finally, other AIC resources include Father Ron's blog, a page on which I post new information, usually weekly, generally including at least one graphic from our archive of historic church art from both the Western and Eastern church traditions. You can reach the page by clicking the Father Ron's blog tab from the site menu at the top or bottom of the page, and you can enter the direct URL address http slash colon slash slash www.anglicaninternetchurch.net right slash blog. Once you are on the blog page, I invite you to become a follower by clicking the legend Follow Anglican Internet Church you'll be asked to enter your email address to receive notice of each new posting from our host site, wordpress.com. Thank you for joining me for Episode 8 and Trinity Tide, the teaching season. Next time in Episode 9, the focus will be on the 24th Sunday after Trinity, the transferable Sundays from Epiphany, and the Sunday next before Advent. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen.
This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.